Welcome to the podcast, Susie. Susie's 26 and she lives in Surrey and she is an outdoors instructor. And we're going to be talking about kind of what it's like to live with, um, you know, chronic illnesses and disabilities that impact our dating and our love life. So, yeah, welcome, Susie. How are you, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm really good. I'm glad to be out of the hospital. Just got discharged and I'm really looking forward to hearing everyone's, your opinion, really, your opinion on dating and everything. And it'll be quite interesting. It's going to be a good time. So first of all, obviously, you know, you've spoken to me a little bit kind of about um, what what you what you have, what you were born with. Can you just kind of explain to our listeners like the condition that you were born with? Yeah, so I was born with a really rare syndrome called Bactrol. It's, it's an acronym, so every letter stands for a body part. And then some people are born with bits of them. Some people are born with like two things. And I luckily have every single letter. And wow. um, so... Yeah, yeah. I, I call it, I call it, I don't even know what to call it. But some people call it a blessing. I say it's a shit song more like. Um, but I've got, so I have, the V stands for vertebrae. So I have scoliosis. Um, I've not had an operation on my spine. Um, it wouldn't really make, it wouldn't, I wouldn't get anything from it. So my back spine is a bit bent. And then um, A, I've got anus problems. I was born actually, so you, you've got IBD if I get that, if I'm right, Holly. Yeah. Yeah. So I have got, um, I was born with a anus, which was attached to my vagina. Right. And I it just got it. And I, and I have no pelvic floor muscles. So I just kept shitting myself and not even know about it. And I've wow. had that my, Yeah. They tried me on so many diets and stuff and it's, I've ended up, Last week, getting my fish to the crows and getting a stoma. So I literally right. just out of the hospital with my, um, with a stoma, basically. So I've literally now got to relearn life, if you like. And then cardio, which is really interesting. My heart's on the other side, which is called dextrocardia. It's not a rare thing. It's quite a common thing, actually, with it alone. But I think it's rarer because I have it with everything else. Yeah. And uh, so I want to get, so if I have a heart attack, I have to, someone will have to do it the other side, like the defib on the other side of my chest. So um, I'm going to get a little tattoo which states where my heart is to make it less complicated for people, including radiologists and ECGs. ECGs are annoying. And then I've got trachea. So my trachea was when I was born, I had my first surgery at two days old, where my, um, my esophagus wasn't attached to my stomach and I couldn't swallow so they put a little fistula in and it still causes me issues and sometimes I need to have a dilation to stretch it but it's not as severe as what it once was and I'm able to eat and stuff which is really quite a blessing and then renal the whereabouts sorry sorry, whereabouts was the fistula that you had for that was it so it was literally it's put it been put in to between the gap of my stomach and trachea right okay it was a join it was joined literally trachea to the stomach okay okay yeah oh wow yeah 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 um and then I have renal so I have a thing called duplex kidney and I have to intermittently catheterize because of my bladder and my kidney just don't function very well they function normally but they just don't want to work on command so I have to intermittently catheterize as well. And then I have a radial club hand. So I have 
I had I did have a thumb when I was a kid at two years old they removed my thumb and my hand is a bit I've had over 20 surgeries on my hand wow I think yeah to straighten it to for, for the thumb to be removed I had a fixator at three years maybe younger so I'm just continuously a lot of like plates and stuff put in it and it's not very functional but it gets me through life, which is quite nice. Now you've got like the stoma. Um, obviously, you know you're adjusting to that. But how does how does that make you feel about you know the future of obviously dating with a stoma? You know, like well, being into my my biggest thing was so I, I like I mentioned before my vagina was connected to my anus, right? And a lot of problems because poor blokes I wouldn't I've never told any of my exes that my vagina was connected to my anus really so you've never felt like you've been able to like I'm never, yeah. no uh, and a big the big reason why is because I thought it would be really off-putting I for some reason I thought being be, them thinking that I was unhygienic and that's why they would get pure on their pe- penis was a little bit better than Oh, sorry, you're getting peel on your penis because my anus is connected to my vagina. I thought right. that oh, seemed a bit more common. I don't know why it was shocking. I just never thought, I never thought of declaring it. And it wasn't but until recently that really started causing a problem for me personally. And I was so like... It, I, it never actually impacted you that, that, though, physically? It didn't, no, not, not, it, it impacted me mentally. But then as I got an older, um, the fistula, unfortunately, is just annoying. I yeah. don't know how to say it because it's now, because now I intermittently, intermittently capitalised for a long time. I used to think that was the problem. Right. But I kept having to go and get tested for BV. And I kept, I never had a sex, I never had an STD. Even yeah. when I was a virgin, I would still get BV. And it right. really used me because I was like what's I what's wrong with me what's wrong with me and after a while I had to I've literally had to beg doctors to do something and that's why they gave me the soma I've gone to three different hospitals begging them do something I don't want to shit in bed with my partner with my ex it was getting to the point where whatever we did shit would just come out afterwards and I couldn't hold it in and it was just traumatizing and I think that's one of the major reasons why I had to break up with him because it wasn't it wasn't him it was more because I felt it was too traumatic for me to stay in that relationship but did he ever mention anything about it to you or did he just kind of accept accept it you know like did he He never make he was really really accepting but I could see in his heart that it I can I could tell it was hard work for him because he never dated a disabled girl he 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 never has met a dis- he he's a brilliant guy he was a brilliant brilliant guy and his family were absolutely lush but I just felt so guilty I felt so guilty all the time so I just couldn't stay with him and do you think now you've got your stoma you were you know you you're going to feel a bit more confident about you know intimate I feel in control and that's yeah. the most I've ever felt in my life I've never felt in control of my bowels or my bladder 
but since I've only had it what for two weeks and I already can tell such a difference and it was the first time today that I've gone home and my parents yesterday I had a massive cry because I wanted to go home and I was so scared that they weren't going to send me home today and I was scared that they were going to make me go to another hospital tomorrow to be to be shown and then my stoma nurses are absolutely wonderful I got them a stoma shaped cake to say thank you Oh, um, I, I said thank you for being legends and it's a, like an it was a uh, cross to me bag and the funny thing is though um Holly all my surgeons kept coming up to me and saying I was the bravest person they ever met and it was the easiest procedure that they've ever had to do and yes. that was really quite something that was something really really quite something it really hit something and my stoma isn't round right it's a rectangle <laughs> oh yeah like that yeah I've seen rectangle ones before yeah but they were like it's a bit of an awkward it's a bit of an awkward rectangle I wouldn't even call it a rectangle but it's some it's a weird shape everybody has said to me it's a bit of a different shape but you'll manage it and the fact that the stoma nurses believe in me the fact that my surgeons believe this is the right decision yeah. I trust them so much and I think it not just with relationships but also friendships and I already feel all more relaxed at home because I feel like I don't have to stress about rushing to the toilet I can choose when I go and change my bag I'm yeah. in control of just what I want to wear I can wear and not feel like something and also I think the biggest deal for me I don't feel bad for eating anything anymore. Yeah. Because there was a lot of emphasis on it's your diet, it's your diet, you should try this diet, you should try that diet. And now it's like I can actually eat things and not have to worry about the consequences because there aren't going to be any consequences. And going out for meals on dates or like going out for picnics, lots of guys have asked me out on picnic dates or stuff like that. I've always like turned it down. Yeah, but now you can but, go. How you know no, that you can go? Yeah. I was talking about the this guy, weren't I? Um, so this guy Jack. On our, every first date I've ever been on, I've always shit myself. A lot of lot of people have said, "Is it psychological?" And I'm like, "No, it's definitely not psychological because I think it would be more happening before." Yeah. But it's always, I would always shit myself after I've eaten and I knew that was a physical thing Mm. because it would always be after I've eaten or drunk something or even sometimes when I do too much exercise yeah yeah so I every first day I've gone on I've shit myself but this poor guy the poor guy I was on a date with Jack he bless him we were in Box Hill it was just during COVID so even a disabled toilet I have a radar key yeah that toilet was blocked off and I couldn't go to it because it was just shut off with metal gates, which is real pure ableism, to be honest. All the disabled Even, always locked. It really gets on my nerves. I can't bear it, to be honest. I know, same. And it's just, it was made harder because it was COVID and nobody would let you go to the toilet. And I had, she was shitting in a bush. And yeah. like, he, he spent the whole time just talking to me while mm. I was shitting. Like it was nothing. Um, wow. Just never. And I always have regretted breaking up with him. 
And I feel like if I met him now and I'm more in control of my emotions, I'm more in control of my body, it would be a completely different relationship. But when I was like, but it just, it makes me laugh because I think I just, I've always felt like, like I just couldn't, that nobody would love me for me kind of thing. Mm. And, and I think, that was the thing but this guy really did on the first day I said I love you to him and I genuinely meant that and I, I think that was the first I love you to a guy that I genuinely actually truly meant it I just find it so weird how people think that like obviously everybody's different case by case but you know how so many people think that by having a stoma it's actually going to negatively impact their their relationships or interests but in some cases like for me and you it's actually given us it back it's actually made us in control of our bowels again and able and able to, to to do these things I think it's the appearance thing people don't like yeah. it's really I think because we have such nowadays everything is on dating apps and it's yeah. about pictures and about how your body looks and stuff but mm. honestly I'm going to be honest for a girl it's easier for us to be disabled than for men it's so true I, I think for girls, men are a lot more open-minded and men yeah. are a lot more like, oh, she's got a lovely personality. With girls, I find us a lot more judgmental. And I always say, people do ask me, would you date someone with, with a disability? And I say, I really couldn't care less about the disability. It's if they personally were on the same level as me emotionally mentally and everything else it's not it's not even like it's it's not even like I don't look at appearance if a guy makes me laugh if a guy guy is calm calm I the three things I look for in a guy is calm kind and humble I don't want any cocky blokes I don't want jack the lads they can be funny but they have like I love a Jack of the Lad who's funny but kind and caring, but not a guy who thinks that he's the best person in the entire world. And, you know, it's about, that's what I really enjoy is getting yeah. to people. And I always say, like, I'm not someone, I'm not someone who goes for lips. And it's true. It's really true. I really do just base life, love off a of personality. Yeah, and I think as well as women, we are able to talk about our feelings a lot more and we are able to articulate what we're actually feeling. Whereas for men, I think it's so hard for them to actually open up and speak about how they're feeling, what they're going through. So I think they a lot of time just suffer in silence and they don't speak about how, you know, a disability is impacting them. Whereas we will openly say, I'll say, oh, I'm having a really bad day. I wish I didn't have this problem and that problem. Do you know what I mean? Like I've never hidden it from anybody, but I know that men do hide it a lot. Oh, 100%. I have a, one of my closest friends, um, he's got CP, and I once asked him, why do you always go for disabled girls? Oh, because I don't believe that able-bodied girls would date me. And I thought that was so sad. Yeah. Because I'm like, I've never had disabled, abled, doesn't really bother me. But mm. to be taught, do you think that you can't date an able person because of your disability? How how sad is it? How That's sad really- is that? Because I, I've got my one of my best best mates, Nick. He is married and got a kid. He's missing. He was born normal. He was born able. Part of him is missing his 
left arm, I think it is. Um, he's an so he was born and with, with an apple um above the elbow. So he hasn't mm-hmm. got an elbow. Yeah, but he is an amazing guy, and he's uh he was second world champion. He was world champion um international climber. So a lot of my friends we all power climb. So that was a big thing. That's a big thing in my life is power climbing and climbing. that um and I've been part of that community since I was 12. Um not just competitively but just being part of it. Like I mean going to junior clubs and stuff like that. And a lot of my friends who I used to climb with I still talk to and my best mate Bella she's um she's by she says she's demi and that she's poly and she's dated girls guys transgender people she doesn't care and yeah. she's got one arm and I used to be in the same category with her mm-hmm. till I got better at climbing but so did she and I really realized I'm climbing out of my depth I, it's not just my arm that's affecting me and that's when I really had to open up and say it's not an arm that's affecting me. Like with Nick and Bella, it was just an arm, you know? Not, I'm not just, I'm not going to, that sounds really invalidating. Not that it's just an arm. I know what you mean. I know, but it sounds really invalidating. I don't want to invalidate that because people listening might have one arm and be like, oh, but you don't know. You know, it's, it's true. It's difficult. It's difficult. Yeah. But it's, I, my, but they both have said, we, have just got an arm missing you have a lot more to contend yeah. with and oh. you've got to remember that you've got to remember that I don't have that to contend with and I'm like oh okay yeah that makes sense and I would forget because I generally sometimes use to say oh it's just an arm and I forget about everything else because the arm is the most obvious thing and um and I also find, like, Nate as a naturist, and I'm sure he he is very, very passionate about the fact that him being disabled and being naturist, he's a naturist because he he's accepting of himself. Wow. And he loves nature, and he's so proud of what his body's gone through. And me and him did Ben Nevis together um, last year for my birthday. We climbed the mountain, got to the top, wow. and it that was when... I realized just me and him, and that was when I realized that I can do absolutely anything yeah. in my whole world. And I really like that was the most empowering weekend I've ever been on. That's amazing. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, fantastic! So I guess now going forward with your life, you know, looking forward, you know, what what is it now that you, in terms of like dating relationship, what is it that you're looking for? Are you like are you open to finding a relationship? Do you or are you just like? Ooh. Of course, but I'm going to be honest. I'm on dating apps and I'm kind of going, I really don't want to be on dating apps. I don't want to meet someone on a dating app. I don't enjoy it. I don't really enjoy it. I want to meet someone organically. Yeah. I I, I, I have been in a relationship with a guy for three years organically, but he yeah. was a student nurse. And at the time, my body was really, really bad. And I was with him for three years. Mm. And it really changed into like a patient and nurse care relationship and I really really am determined at the moment to get my independence definitely be able to do things on my own like travel on my own go Mm -hmm. sapping by myself and do 
many goals. I haven't got a driver's license. I'm really tr- trying to get my driver's license. And then I'm able to take myself independently do stuff. Because I think, to be honest, the most empowering thing you can do before finding love is to find yourself and be strong oh. with who you know. Because if you don't know yourself and understand your body, you've got to be your body's whisperer. Nobody else, no doctor, no psychologist will ever know your body better than you. And nobody will be able to say what you can and can't do. You have to be the one to say it and you have to find it out for yourself. Don't let anyone else put expectations on you because that's what I did with this guy for three years. Like he would tell me, you're too ill to climb Ben Nevis. You're too ill to go kayaking. You're too ill to do this. You're too ill to do that. And it's like the whole, every single day it was, you're too ill, you're too ill. And I kind of got into this like, oh my gosh, he's right. I'm really, really sick and I'm really poorly. And I wasn't. But in my head, I was. And it, and he literally convinced me. And now I've opened up with him. I'm working as an outdoor instructor, which is my dream job. I'm capable of doing so much. And and there's so much in life that I have done since leaving him. And I'm so happy because that a lot of the time. Yeah. Sorry, Holly. And you think now that obviously now you've got your, you think like obviously now you've got your stoma, that that's going to actually enable you to, now be able to reach the goals you want to do it's going to make you more independent so oh yes 100 percent, 100 percent, 100 percent. the stoma has made me 100 percent more independent I'm already relying less on my mum to clean my clothes and stuff but before it was like mum I've had an accident I'm like, yeah. where can I put it what what you know and it would always be feel very overwhelming even though it'd be like my hundred and thousand accident ever it was cr- always quite overwhelming of course um, yeah but now it's like, even with the stoma, I'm like, I'm changing my stoma. Okay. Uh, and also because I had to learn how to self-capitalise, I yeah. think I remember I remember self-capitalising to be traumatic to learn mm. in the sense of leaving the house and not knowing how to do it properly and not finding that dream catheter bag and that dream catheter and stuff like that. But now I'm like, oh, I can easily capitalise. And people like to me, and the stoma is so much easier than the catheter. So now I've got both the catheter and the stoma, I feel like I'm so independent and I can do everything for myself. And when it comes to dating, I'm not going to have that panic of, are they going to get shit on their penis? Oh my God, what if I shit the bed? Or what happens if this? Because it's all contained and it's all chosen by me fantastic honestly like on it hearing your stories made me so happy because it's just another you know I talk about it a lot on my social media about how much having this operation you know changed my life for the better and to hear you saying the same thing is just like it's it's just wonderful and lovely and I think hearing these positive stories will help so many people you know who are definitely and I think I've got a mate at work who also has a stone I've never actually met him as you said I've got a colleague a colleague's brother who used to work for the same company, he has a stoma, but he got it because of um, cancer. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, cancer isn't a choice. Whereas, no. No, I'm not saying ours was a choice, but yeah. when it's necessary, I think it's a difference. I know ours was necessary. I'm not saying it wasn't necessary. We both went through it for no reason. But when you, when it, there's, 
improving quality is so much better than improving quantity. Yeah, and- I think that's I speak to people who have cancer. I think for a lot of them who go to have a stoma, it's a, it's a much more difficult process because they've actually gone from Psychologically. Psychologically, they've got to go through it. All of that, all of a sudden. Whereas if you've been chronically ill for a long, long time, you're just looking for relief. You're just like, please. But, you know, you'll take anything at that point. Oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And a lot of, a lot of my sturgeons, especially Mr Chung and Mr Toomey, will always say to me, I wish I'd met you sooner. I wish I could have done this sooner for you. And I'm like, well, you met me at the right time, to be honest. Yeah, I was exactly. only I was only waiting two months for my surgery. Wow, that's fantastic. Like, really? people complain about waiting lists. I say this, it's not that, it's not about surgeons. When you find the right doctor for you, and when you'll find the right team, you'll know. And a lot yeah. of people go, right, it's like in America, it's a lot easier to choose the hospitals you go to. But yeah, in England, there's, there's a massive process. And I've been sent around the block um, to so many different specialist hospitals. And it's funny, it was a small community hospital, one that I did not think I was just, when I got, when I heard that I'm going to this hospital I was like oh here we go again I'm going to be sent a pack back I'm going to be sent in the back again I'm going to go pass the back around you know and actually yeah. it was the opposite it was a little hospital that I did not presume would have me mm. and they had me and it's and that's the thing isn't it like I assume something and it did make an ass of me and that's the th- reason why I think I'm so grateful because they proven me wrong and it's also given me a little bit more well, a lot more. Actually, it's entirely giving me the faith back into humanity. Oh, that's fantastic. Like, like yeah, you know, you've got to believe in doctors and surgeons because they do care. And I think a lot of people as well, when you have got a disability, it can be really isolating. And who and we seem is such, and sex, is such a taboo subject. Mm-hmm. That- 